here this evening, <clears throat> and we're going to get into our, um, well, there's only one question for this week, but it was, uh, it came in last week, and it, it, it requires a little bit of time, and uh, so I'm going to take uh, a maximum this evening of about 15, maybe 20 minutes tops uh, in answering the question for that we're going to be looking at. There is a bit of reading. I'm going to ask you to follow along in your Bibles. I have very little on the screen for this because I want you to study your Bible. So let's go ahead and look tonight as we get into our Q&A. The question is about 1 Corinthians in chapter 10. And I just have one word up there, uh, contradictions with a question mark, uh, with a question mark there. And so give you just real quick the easy answer on any contradiction when it comes to the Word of God. The Bible never contradicts itself. Anytime that there is a, and I, when I say the Bible, I mean uh, the King James Bible, guys. Uh, I'm not referring to any modern version. There are contradictions and errors all throughout those things because man has put their dirty, filthy hands on them. And they have, they, so if you're confused about the Bible, it's because of modern versions if you're in those, okay? And uh, so we'll just stay away from that topic. But 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in all fairness, this is nothing new uh, concerning the subject because as Paul begins to address a particular topic within the chapter after he comes off a bit of historical teaching concerning uh, Israel and the church and this and that, um, there's a good way that if you're not careful, you can look at it and go, well, hang on a second. It seems like he's telling me that I can go this direction. Then all of a sudden he's telling me I have to go this direction. Where do I need to uh, rest? So we're going to read 10 verses to start out with in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And I want you to look in verses 23 through 33. 23 through 33. Now keep in mind, uh, he, gives a, he gives a Jewish historical lesson uh, of what Israel went through uh, as they come together, what they did in the wilderness, how it was an example for us. Uh, and what we ought not to do and how we ought to live. Um, and then we see that he, he begins to speak, in, and this is verse 16, not part of the reading. But he says, the cup of blessing which we bless, uh, it, uh, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? It's not the blood of Christ, but it says the communion of the fellowship and the bread we break. And it goes on and on and on. We also know by the next chapter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul has to rebuke the church because they were misappropriately utilizing uh, the Lord's table. So this is a bit of a prelude into that. But he gives this position because there was overwhelmingly there was a load of Jewish Christians in the Corinthian church. And so he gives this connection between Israel, uh, the rock that followed them, verse 4 of chapter 10. That rock was Christ. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. You can write down in your margins, Exodus 17, verse 6. Uh, in uh, verse, on verse 4 there. But where we get into the area where people seemingly think there's contradictions or they're a bit confused, begins in verse 23. So verse 23, Paul says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Who whatsoever is sold in the shambles that eat, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and ye be disposed to go, whatsoever is set before you eat, ask ye no questions for conscience sake. But if any man say unto you, This is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed you, and for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Conscience, I say, not thine own, but of the other. But why is my liberty judged of another man's conscience? For if I by the if, if for if I by grace be a partaker, 
Why am I evil spoken of for that for which I give thanks? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they might be saved. So verses 23 and 24, the Apostle Paul gives the key to Christian liberty. Now, I'm going to make a statement here tonight, but I want you to bear with me. A Christian can simply do anything he or she wants, okay? You can, for salvation's sake. You're not going to lose your salvation based on what you do after you're saved. Now, as Pastor Ellis always said, I smoke as, as much cigarettes as I want to. I drink as much alcohol as I want to. I do such and such as much as I want to. He says, when I got saved, he said, my want to's changed, okay? And that is true. But we still have this flesh that we're dealing with. And when we have to understand, when you're speaking about Christian liberty, all things are lawful for me. There's nothing we can do to lose our salvation. Now, people who teach that you can lose your salvation, they teach that because they do not understand this verse, these verses here. They teach that because they think, well, if you do X, Y, Z, you're going to lose your salvation. But Guys, listen. If any of us could lose our salvation, we would have already lost it ten times over. You're not even going to drive in our community without losing your salvation if that was possible. Yeah? So we, we need to understand the common sense and simplistic aspect of it. We're not holding on to our salvation. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen? So if salvation is eternal. All things are lawful for me. Now stay with me. Drinking, smoking, going here, going there. Doing, it will not ever affect your salvation. One way or another. But he says all things are not expedient. That's the key to Christian liberty. In other words, guys, you got to put your noggin on straight. you got to use some common sense. Amen? you got to understand that even though it may be lawful because it's not going to affect your salvation, what it's going to do is not expedient. There are some things that are not going to help you move forward as a, in your Christian life. They, are, they won't expedite you along the way. If you look in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, if you can turn there quickly, <clears throat> Paul says, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul, Paul could have done anything that he wanted that the sinful world office offers, but instead he says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So all things are lawful, guys. Uh, and there, there are things that you can do which will not help you grow one millimeter in the Christian life in this world today. And if you choose to do them, you're going to remain a baby Christian. You're going to remain uh, living off of milk and, you know, and not able to take in and ingest that meat. Because the more you read, the more you study, the more you grow as a Christian, the more conviction that is allowed in your life, and the more things you want to put off and put off. And your flesh and that sinful side and that sinful nature becomes distasteful for you. It becomes, it becomes you know, vile to you. Uh, you, know, you don't want anything to do with it. So just because we can do something does not mean that we should do something. Sins against your body, listen carefully, and imagination as a Christian will be paid for in the same manner. Sins that you commit in your body or you're going to suffer because of those sins in your body. Sins that you commit in your imagination, the created images in your mind, you are going to suffer and you're going to pay the price in your mind, Okay. Uh, that's just the bottom line. So just remember, when you get ready to do something that you ought not do, but you got that liberty and you can do it, 
you go, some of those things are going to bring scourge into your life, just like a loving father uh, to his son in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, amen? So guys, make it a simple, if you don't want a whooping, amen, uh, uh, that's what they used to call a whooping when I was a kid, or a whipping, if you don't want that, guys, just don't do it, just don't do it. Uh, you know, you need to stop and think about what the outcome is going to be. So verse 24 says, let no man, uh, no, no man uh, seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Now, surprisingly, guys, this is a good verse to pervert, okay? It really is. Uh, it's, it's a good verse that the perverts will take and say, you know what? Uh, I, I'm not going to seek my own living. I'm going to steal from someone else, i.e. socialism, all right, communism, those who don't want to work, I'm a welfare program, I just call it like it is, man, okay? Uh, that's just the way it is. Uh, this is. That's not what this verse is talking about, and I would think anybody with a little bit of spiritual uh, headway underneath him would understand this. He's talking about your spiritual welfare, okay? He's saying instead of just keeping your eye on your own growth, what's good for you, he's saying try to conduct your life so that it benefits others. You know, when I was, I, was, uh, I was putting these notes together early this morning, I got thinking about this. I, I got thinking about years and years and years and years ago, um, we had this elderly lady in our, in our church. And um, I, there's a great story that I can tell about her brother, but we don't have time tonight. Um, but um, she never missed church. She was always there. And one day she wasn't at church and neighbors kept knocking her door to make sure she was okay. Now, she was sick. She was under the weather. They just kept knocking and knocking and knocking and knocking. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Wow, yeah, I'm just, I got a little cold. She's probably worse because of all the knocking, but they knew, they recognized something was different. Her car was in the driveway on a Sunday morning, which it never was. You know what, guys? That's a testimony of her life. And, and that's what Paul is telling us here, to let no man seek his own, but another man's wealth, guys. We should be living a life, guys. Uh, uh, we should be living in life and conducting our life that's going to benefit someone else. You know what? If your car is in your driveway on a Sunday or Wednesday, somebody ought to think something's wrong with you, and they should be knocking your door to make sure and check and see if you're alive. Amen? A welfare check. So verse 25 says, whatsoever is sold in the shambles. Now, I'll give you a bit of history of this. This is a heathen meat market. It's where, we get the, it's where the word comes from. Uh, it, it originally means uh, a cheap meat market is what that word shambles mean. Like if, you know, when we say that something's in a shambles nowadays, we mean that it's like a train wreck, like it's out of sort. It's, it's a, a wreck with a W, by the way. And, and I've seen, uh, I've seen that, uh, I've seen this in certain countries, guys. I've preached all over the, uh, the Orient, preached all over the world, and I've seen meat markets that's, that's out there. <laughs> Meat that's hung up there for two weeks, it's purple, it's got every fly known to man flying around, and they're still selling it, man. So, you know, so that, that, that's what this is, ta- that's, that's the shambles is what Paul's talking about. So who, whatsoever is sold in the shambles, Paul says that eat. Ask you no question for conscience sake. Meaning this, guys, uh, you know, in other words, if you're, if, if, if you're not in the heathen temple yourself, if, if you're not partaking it, you're not before the altar, you're not associating with the sacrifice of devils, that meat has passed on. And, and so if you don't want to wound your own conscience, write down 1 Corinthians 8, 7, just don't ask any questions is what he's saying, okay? Or just buy the meat, all right? Why? Well, verse 26 gives us the answer. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Now, as we continue on through these verses here in a moment, we're going to see where people think there's a contradiction, and we're going to understand it, I hope. God put the grass out for the cattle to eat. 
All of it is his no matter what. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle upon a thousand hills, Psalm 50, verse 10. Okay? Paul tells Timothy, for every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word and prayer. Only pagans, listen carefully to, to me tonight, only pagans or cults place dietary restrictions in the form of religion. That's all they do, all right? No saved, born-again individual of the blood of Christ in the New Testament formulates that. So you go ahead and you just tick your list of what pagan religions and cults put dietary restrictions on things. Fish Friday, okay? No meat Friday, you know what I'm talking about? And Because uh, uh, they own, the, they own the, the fish markets and the fishing industry there in Italy. So, and so anyway, nonetheless. So when we see this, Paul's saying, you know what, guys? If it's sold in the shambles, if you don't want to wound your conscience, don't ask where it came from. Now, if I put that today where we go up to a restaurant and you see it says Hallel on it, Hallel approved. Well, you know what that means, that it's been prayed over and it's fit for a Muslim to eat. Now, once you see that sign, <laughs> that's your choice, man. If, it, if you're going to wound your conscience by eating there, that's a choice you've got to make. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I avoid it at all costs. I avoid it at, at every aspect that I can which means if I know that I'm in a Muslim-dominant area, I'm going to keep my head down and not look. Does that make sense to you? Okay? Ain't nothing going to happen to me for, for, for eating there. But i got to be mindful not only of my own conscience, but the conscience of others. All right? Because people are going to see me pray over that food. Look at verses 27 and 28. This is the case here that what Paul is talking about is if an unsaved person invites you to come out to dinner and you feel like going, okay, there is nothing wrong with it. Read it with me. If any, and if any of them that believe not bid you to a feast, and you, you be disposed to go whatsoever you set before you eat, asking no question for conscience sake, all right? So in other words, you don't go, hey, man, where's this meat from, you know, all right? Just, just walk a fine line. Verse 28 says, but if any man say unto you, this is offered in sacrifice unto idols, eat not for his sake that showed you. And for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So here's the area where people get confused. And, and you can be. Verse 28 uh, is clear. And, it, and it's like, well, wait a second here. Should I eat or should I not eat? He says, eat here. Now he's saying, don't eat. All for conscience sake, but not only your own. Paul gives a case of, of what he's talking about here. That if an unsaved person invites you out to dinner and you feel like going, there's nothing wrong with going. going. Uh, if you were to be out there with a bunch of heathen people, uh, and, and they pass you something, just don't ask questions. Just cut it up and eat it, okay? Now, if the man getting it ready, uh, ready to eat the meat, and the guy says to you, well, hey, hang on a second. By the way, uh, you know, I offered this this morning in the temple of Dagon, all right? This meat was offered here in the temple of Mercury or whatever, or, or Zeus, or, or this, this was offered in, you know, in something else, X, Y, Z. What do we do as a Christian then? We say no. No, thank you. You don't have to be rude. There's, other, there's all kinds of food out there. I just say, I'm, okay. I'm good, man. I don't care for any of that. You know they're not going you know to offer uh, the lettuce and tomatoes and all that in there, but they're going to offer the meat, right? So the reality is, you could go ahead and eat, couldn't you? Because all things are lawful. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 8, 13, meat for the belly and belly for the meat, but God shall destroy both of them, okay? Uh, the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 6, 4, an idol is nothing in the world. And that's been, that's been the go-to verse under this, is that, oh, idol's nothing at all. It doesn't mean anything to us. We can go ahead and eat. It's not going to harm anything. But God, you, you should abstain with that meat for the sake of the other soul. 
One of the things that I have stressed heavily, heavily, as much as I can with young people is to a young Christian trying to win lost people, lost young people to the Lord. And a lot of times young people are tempted to, uh, you know, do what the others are doing in the idea of winning them. And I understand it. I get it. I do fully get it. But you need to keep in mind, whatever you do is going to be held against you or for you for the name of Christ. And if you're looking to win them down the road and you're doing something foolish, worldly, or fleshly now, and then you try to present the gospel into them, they were going to say, because the devil's going to make sure they do it, they're going to sit back and go, well, hang on, you want me to be saved, you want me to believe in your God, but you did the same thing I did two weeks ago. You're out in the bars with me drinking and carrying on, you're carousing around, you're cussing, swearing, laughing at dirty jokes and all that. No, you got to set yourself apart. And there's no different with what he's saying here in 1 Corinthians 10, guys. What we don't want to do as a Christian is we don't want that person who's offering it, number one, that's not the only one, but that person, number one, who's offering it, to think it's all right for a Christian to fool around things that has been associated with an idolatrous temple. Make sense? Okay. You don't want to give that impression. So what do you say? You say, no, thank you. You say, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. There's other things at the table that you can eat. Whatever was offered to idols, you just back off. Okay. So again, in verse 29, guys, you know, you could do it with a clear conscience. Once you receive the information, once they say this is what it's from. But you have to watch out for another soul. Remember, all things are lawful, right? All things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things, what's the next part? Edify not. What does the word edify mean? It means to lift up. Well, if I'm not lifting someone up, there's a good chance I'm pushing someone down. Does that make sense? So if you have to watch out for the one that's offering, the lost person, but you also have to watch out for conscience sake, for another soul, beside the one who is offering it, beside the one who, who's done the work, the lost person, you've got to watch out for the saved person who's watching you. And beloved, yes, understand me, somebody's watching you at all times. They're watching you, they're listening to you, they're listening to what you listen to on the radio, they're listening to everything you do. And you think they're not, they are, okay? We are the most videoed and recorded society in all history. That particular brother or sister in Christ, they may not be able to handle it. You may be able to handle it for conscience sake, but they may not, and it'll mess them up. So no matter how much you don't like it, your liberty and my liberty is always judge of another man's conscience, whether we like it or not, okay? So our judgment calls and our decisions have to, co have to coincide with two or three things. First, our own conscience. We don't want to wound our own conscience. Number two, we want to be careful of the conscience of the lost person because we don't want to do anything that they think that is permissible for a Christian to do, okay? You know, I, I know just call it like it is. You know, there's people that think that, hey, I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I can't lose my salvation, I can have a little drink here and there, all right? You, you, guys, I don't know how many verses I could show you to tell you that you should never, not one a year, don't give me, well, it's just New Year's, it's just family get-together. What's your lost family thinking? Your lost family saying, he or she's a Christian and it's okay to drink alcohol. Okay? The wisest man, on the, and let me, let me go ahead and say this. Your lost family is going to stay lost if you keep doing that. You hear me? That should hit you like a hammer if you're doing it. They're going to stay lost and they're going to slip off into the depths of hell and you get to pat yourself on the back because you partook 
is something that the Bible strictly forbids. And if you offer it at the table, the Bible says, Woe unto, woe unto he who giveth his neighbor strong drink. Shame on you, man. I'd rather you not call yourself a Christian if you're going to do that stuff. Man? I mean, truth be known, if you are doing that stuff, you're probably not a Christian. All right? So verse 30, guys, again, that, that's, that's, that's where we, it looks like ah, there's a bit of contradiction here. He's saying eat, now he's saying don't eat, but now he's saying that you know, it's lawful for me, but it's not this and that. There's really not a contradiction. There's just the three things that you've got to consider. Once you're privy to where it came from, you've got to pull back, man, okay? If, if you don't want to know for your own conscience' sake, don't ask. But if he tells you, pull back, okay? And you're going to pull back for the sake of the lost person's soul as well as the saved person's soul. Just real quickly in verse 30. Paul says, you know, you know, for if by grace uh, be a partaker here. Verse 30 says, for if I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of that for which I give thanks? Again, you're, you're going to be judged by another man's conscience no matter what. Uh, why, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? A man or woman bows his head and says, Lord, you know, bless this that I'm about to eat. And they eat it and, and they have a good conscience in doing so. And, but Paul says, I, you know, I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You know, but in one place, you know, He's, it seems like he's telling us, I'm going to go along and I'm going to do anything that I can to win them. But on the other hand, he's saying, if I, if I go along over here in order to win them, I'm going to do something that I shouldn't and I'm going to leave a wrong impression. Paul is teaching us in this chapter, man, you've got to have a balance. If you're privy to what it is, pull back. If, he tell, if, if you don't want to know, don't ask, all right? You've got to have a balance. But this verse is never teaching us. Guys, let me tell you what you are to never do. You're never to lower biblical standards. I didn't say preferential standards. Biblical standards to try to reach someone. Never. Okay? Now, if you've got your preferential standards, that's fine. But I can go ahead and tell you this. If you're trying to reach people through your preferential standards, and you're having arguments about people wearing shorts in church, Man, you done lost the battle. You're in the wrong. You're not even in the right game, man. All right. I don't know if anybody's got shorts on. I, it's hot as it is. I wouldn't blame you, but but uh, I don't care. I'll go ahead and tell you. You know, I'm happy you're in church. But nonetheless, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, there's some things that we need to have some sense about in trying to win the loss, guys. You're going to love them or not. But if you start putting preferences out on the forefront, guys, you're not going to win anyone. You're just going to invite flies. Amen pest that's all it's going to be and um so all things to all men doesn't mean that you become a sinner to reach the sinners that's not what it means guys so so here's the rule the rule is found in verse 31 watch what he says whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do do all the glory of god now, this isn't a verse that allows anything and everything in our life uh guys and, and i'm going to tell you a bit of history the Roman institution, when they invaded Britain, and that's what they were, they invaded Britain, guys, and they robbed, pillaged, raped, plundered, and perverted everything in the world, and they justified it by saying it's all for the church and the glory of God. They took men and women's property, they took men's wives, they took their daughters, they had their way with them, and they said glory be to God. That's exactly what they did. And, uh, and they did it and just because you say do all to the glory of God, doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. It's got to line up scripturally, guys. Um, they perverted scripture with such teaching like of the Eucharist, saying it's all to the glory of God. It doesn't make it biblical just because you say that. Amen? And, and let's, just be, let's just cut the chase. You know what brings glory to God, and you know what doesn't, all right? So a lot of this is common sense. 
Verse 32, just to sum it up real quick. Paul's very clear here to give none offense, neither to the Jew, the Gentile, nor the church of God. So Paul gives three groups in which humanity is divided in this age. There are the Jews, the Gentiles, the church of God. And this is a major division in Scripture. Every verse uh, in the Bible is written primarily to the Jew or to the Gentile or the church of God. It's that division. If you are saved, uh, you're a member of the body of Christ. That means you're in the church. If you are not a Jew and you're, you're lost, I mean, I'm sorry, if you, I mean, when you are saved, you're not a Jew anymore. I know we say saved Jews, but how many people go around saying saved Gentiles? None of us, all right? So once you get saved and you, you were a Jew, you're not a Jew any longer, okay? And nor are you a Gentile. So if you're unsaved, you're either a Jew or a Gentile. It's that simple tonight. And that's what Paul's saying here because it's all based on conscience sake, not to give offense to the three divisions of mankind and so it's speaking about walking a fine line in order to stand on truth guy the truth is going to offend and let me say this it's okay if the truth offends if the truth offends let it offend okay there is an offense to the cross and mind you there should be all right but we need to watch ourselves and we need to be vitally careful that we ourselves don't offend one of those three for conscience sake why well because the, the, the two that are lost we want them saved and born again. Those that are saved, we don't want to offend them and offend and wound their conscience because we don't want to mess them up and cause them to trip and stumble. And I know that sounds like a, you know, a quite a bit to do, a lot of responsibility on us. And I'll tell you, it is. There is a great responsibility that we have as a child of God. And I'll be honest with you, the majority of people that name the name of Christ today, I don't see them taking that responsibility. I don't see them taking the will. I don't see them doing all that they can do to serve and bring glory to God. They're half-steppers in church. They're half-steppers in giving. They're half-steppers in witnessing. That's what they are. And if you're, doing, if you're going halfway in anything, you're not doing all to the glory of God. Amen? And uh, I, I, I really appreciate that question, guys, because it's 1 Corinthians 10 is a, is a wealth of knowledge. And to be honest with you, um, it, it's an area in our life that needs to be addressed. And, uh, but if I'm straight up about it, I mean, 1 Corinthians 10 is not always the chapter that you run to to you preach from. You use verses from, from 1 Corinthians 10. And uh, so I appreciate the question. I was glad it came forth, uh, the apparent contradictions, because uh, he, he does. He's going, he goes back and forth, but he gives us a clear, clear answer. Amen. We're going to get into our song tonight, guys, and we'll get into our sermon right after that.